You must remember that when the Constitution was written, that women were regarded as property. The struggle for an Equal Rights Amendment traces back to 1923 when feminist Alice Paul wrote the words that became ERA. Equality of rights under the law shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state on account of sex. So as we march today, remember, forward together, backward never. If you could change one thing about the Constitution, what would it be? I would add an equal rights amendment to the Constitution. Yesterday, all these years later, Virginia's legislature voted to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment, making it the 38th state to do so. That means three-quarters of all states have ratified, as the Constitution requires. Hi, I'm Kate Kelly, human rights attorney, feminist, and advocate for the Equal Rights Amendment. And this is Ordinary Equality. First off, if you missed our season finale, make sure to go back and check it out. We decided that some of our guests throughout the season were just too good not to share their entire interview in full. So you don't miss Ordinary Equality too much. Keep an eye out for more bonus content on the way. In the meantime, enjoy my chat with writer and LGBTQ advocate, Charlotte Clymer. My name is Charlotte Clymer. I am the press secretary for Rapid Response at the Human Rights Campaign, the nation's largest LGBTQ civil rights organization. Okay, so the first question I get when anyone under 40 is in the room is, how does the Equal Rights Amendment affect trans people? Sex discrimination since 1989 has been expanded to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And so LGBTQ people uh, historically have been discriminated against in employment. In fact, in 29 states, LGBTQ people are at risk of being fired, denied credit, denied housing, denied public accommodations, simply because they're LGBTQ. I think a lot of folks when same-sex marriage was legalized by the Supreme Court a couple years ago, they thought, oh, so the LGBTQ equality movement is over. Everything's great. So you can be gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer in this country without being discriminated against. And in fact, that's wrong. What's sad is that a, a poll this year, in fact, by Reuters uh, in June showed that although 75% of Americans support non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people. Half of Americans believe those protections already exist, and they do not. So what the Equal Rights Amendment does is that it moves up sex discrimination, which is currently interpreted to protect all LGBTQ people, to a strict scrutiny class, meaning any discrimination against LGBTQ people, period, and specifically trans people, because of that gender piece, uh, will be protected. There's sort of a longer rift in the movement between the women's rights movement and the gay rights movement, mm. but specifically the gay rights movement led by cis men and organizations led by cis men. I think about this a lot. <laughs> like, how can we work together? Like, how can we get all queer people to care about the Equal Rights Amendment? Um, what do you think? Like, why should queer people care about this? I think queer people should care about this because our destinies are tied together. We are mutually inextricable from each other in terms of what's going to happen to us in the future if the forces who seek to push inequality can succeed. 
They're not going to succeed if we fight together. They're not going to succeed if we're fighting for uh, the gay man who is fired for coming out of work or the trans child who's discriminated against at, uh, at school or the woman who is sexually harassed in the workplace and has no path of re recompense or uh, um, you know, some kind of uh, justice. We're all fighting together. And not just on issues of gender or sexuality, but also race, disability, religion, all of these things tied together. Uh, white supremacy is, I believe, the most profound scourge in this country. And it wraps up so tightly for queer people of color, women of color, uh, particularly black trans women who are the most marginalized and discriminated against group of people in this country. And so we're all fighting together because we intersect so deeply in this, this severe trauma under our patriarchal system. So we got to all fight that together. Traditionally, and even currently, a lot of I would, I would say or I would admit that a lot of people in the Equal Rights Amendment movement have left out the conversation about trans people, trans women specifically, which is, I think, a shame and also counterproductive and not strategic. As a trans woman, <laughs> do you feel included in the movement and what can we do as a group, as a whole, as a movement to be more inclusive and to be all fighting together? I do feel included in the movement. I think the vast majority of equal rights amendment advocates have made it intentional to ensure that trans women are recognized as women and that we are protected by the goals of this movement. I think that there are some women who have been fighting for the ERA for a very long time. And what they've been told uh, is that there is a struggle that is essential to women who are assigned female at birth. And when I look at the trauma they've experienced and the pain that they've experienced, I can't help but sympathize with the frustration they must feel at having that narrative changed over time. What I would tell them is that I respect them as our leaders in this movement. I respect them as the people who have blazed a path for everybody. And I would tell them that trans people have existed forever. We've existed for as long as there's been recorded history. We go back to ancient Greece, to Samaria, to the Middle East. Uh, we bridge all cultures, races, religions, every country, every region, every dialect, every, every aspect of global culture, you'll find a trans person. And most of the time, you'll find them being openly trans despite the violence and discrimination they face. So what I would tell these incredible, amazing women who have been just, um, just brilliant leaders for equality in our nation's history, that we are facing so many... And it's not as though we woke up one morning and decided that, oh, you know what? I think I'll opt for this, this so-called lifestyle just because it looks fun. I tried for 30 years to do the right thing and do everything that I was supposed to do as someone who was assigned a male at birth. And I find it didn't work. It just did not work. I was miserable. I was suicidal. And it wasn't until I got the help I needed and talked to a great therapist and you know worked throughout through all these issues, which was a long period of transition, let me tell you. It was a lot of talking to very smart people who have been here. And at every moment I resisted, I thought, you know what? No, I'm, I'm not I'm not this. There's just something else I gotta work out, and I'm almost there. I thought I could cleanse myself. And isn't it interesting how often women who are assigned female birth are told that they need to cleanse themselves of certain things, of ambition of intellectual uh, curiosity, of personal agency. I think that trans women 
and cisgender women have more in common with each other than any other groups in our uh, wide spectrum of humanity. We share so much. And if we realize that and work together to fight against inequality, we'd get so much done. Like ratifying the Equal Rights Amendment. Like ratifying the Equal Rights Amendment. (laughs) And I will also tell them that I think there's been some vicious slander that's been put forward about trans women. Uh, For example, it is not my place to talk about reproductive rights. I will advocate on them as an ally of people who need access to reproductive health care. But I don't know what it's like to get an abortion. I don't know what it's like to have a uterus. You know, these are things that I have privilege in, and I, I, I lack that experience of oppression. But I would also tell them that there are many cis women who have the same experience, who don't have a uterus, uh, who have not experienced certain aspects of trauma that are so common to so many women. And so I would say that we shouldn't reduce womanhood to simply the ability to uh, experience pregnancy uh, and then have that choice ripped away and that agency uh, dissolved in our culture. Again, we have so much in common. And while trans women should recognize the lack of oppression that we've experienced in those areas, I would also ask cis women to see where we're coming from in our own experiences, the trauma of being a child in the closet and not knowing who to talk to, not knowing how to deal with our own gender dysphoria, and just having to deal with the constant anxiety and depression and violence and discrimination that comes with that. Again, we have so much in common, so let's get back to that. I love that, and I think it's also very graceful of you um, because there are there is a lot of um, hurt between uh, sometimes uh, communities or activists or generations, and I like that approach of like bridging it um, and coming together, especially for something that's so key and so big and so like such a beautiful idea of putting us all into the constitution Mm -hmm. and I as you know always try to say women and all much marginalized genders um so that people know and so that we get it in the record um did you have a chance you weren't at the hearing that we did the equal rights amendment hearing in the judiciary committee I don't I wasn't I was at the party the night before yeah that we um, in the hearing, I was so impressed because all three people that testified, uh, they were grilled about trans rights and whether or not the Equal Rights Movement tr- includes trans people by the Republicans mm. uh, who wanted to use it as a wedge issue and say, you know, this is just about trans people. Um, and were asked several times and they were all very consistent. And even the constitu- the legal scholar who they had said, yes, this does include trans people. Um, Patricia Arquette, who's an actor and has a trans uh, sister, said, yes, of course, this includes trans people. It's, you know, it's it's an inclusive amendment. And one of the other people who testified was Patricia uh, Spear, Pat Spearman, mm-hmm. who uh, is queer and is black preacher in Nevada who sort of brought back the Equal Rights Amendment and got it passed in 2017 in Nevada. So they all said very consistently on the congressional record, yes, the Equal Rights Amendment includes trans people. And they share, they share that opinion with the vast majority of advocates who, of, of cis women advocates of all sexual orientations who support the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah. Uh, there's this recent argument that's come out of this terrible, terrible uh, propaganda campaign about women's sports being destroyed by trans women. And I find this so interesting because... I try to be sympathetic because if I if I were at a computer in, I don't know, Central Texas, and I knew nothing about any of this, Central Texas is where I'm from, 
and I knew nothing about any of this. And I saw a headline of, you know, grown man joins women's softball league, um, injures several women or, or something to that effect, uh, or puts women at risk. I would be horrified because that's not okay. You shouldn't have that kind of biological difference uh, in which people are put into significant danger. The problem is that it's not what happens. Trans women go through, trans girls and trans women go through an incredibly significant uh, physical, chemical, and emotional transformation from not only the hormones that we take, but also the uh, surgical uh, options that we will pursue at times. Now, not all trans people do that because of a lack of access, but many of us do, and specifically um, those who go into women's sports. Um, and our bodies are significantly weakened. Our bodies are put through the ringer, in fact. And while we may hear about some trans women who are somewhat successful in some sports, you don't hear about the vast majority of trans women who are in these sports and are not that good. <laughs> no offense to my trans sisters, but you know, a lot of them are just or don't have an unfair advantage who don't have an unfair advantage. And it shows because they are, you know, they don't do that well. Um, you don't hear about the 99 times that a trans woman loses in a competition against her cisgender uh, sisters and competitors, you hear about the one time she wins. And what I would encourage um, the, you know, wonderful women in this movement who have been told these horrible lies is that I would encourage you just to ask trans women these questions because we can answer them for you. Um, trans people, we've been over backwards to accommodate cis people whenever possible. I mean, I cannot tell you the number of times I have not gone into certain spaces because I felt it just wouldn't be a good idea because there might be someone in there. Or I've heard there might be someone there who's not super comfortable. Um, and although I do feel I am entitled to women's spaces, um, sometimes it's just not worth it, um, from my personal perspective. And this is not an uncommon experience. Trans women are constantly forced to diminish ourselves, to hide away, to not go to pools or the gym, um, to not wear certain clothing in public so as not to offend people. I mean, this the list goes on and on and on. Don't believe what the Republican Party is trying to feed you. These are the people who didn't give a shit about women's sports until recently, and that should be your first clue. And still don't. And still don't. They don't care. They don't care. You think any of the Republican senators know that the Washington Mystics won their WNBA title last night? Hell no. Do they even know that the women's national soccer team is a world champion? No. Probably not. No. They don't care. They don't give a shit. All these women, women's organizations have come out and they've said that trans women are women and belong in women's sports. You have all of these professional women athletes who have said the same thing. Billie Listen, Jean King. Billie Jean huge King. Huge proponent of the Equal Rights Amendment. Huge proponent. Says trans women are women. I mean, these are folks who support trans people and specifically trans women in women's spaces, including women's sports. Now, I will, I will admit that there should be a certain level of fairness. So, you know, for example, if someone has not gone through the appropriate um, process of transitioning, um, no, they should not be permitted to be in a sport where they could inflict harm. That's why we have weight classes in boxing, for example. You wouldn't have a 200-pound person fight a 130-pound person. That's not a fair fight. Same thing for trans people who have not gone through a proper transition, who have not 
uh, gone through that kind of uh, medical process that puts them on the same playing field with everyone else. And so I will totally admit that. And I think it's completely fair to ask that that be done. What I would ask, though, is that good faith go both ways. So if you're calling for that, you're absolutely right. But trans women who have gone through that process and who have been validated by doctors and athletic organizations and are seen to be on that same playing field, they should absolutely be allowed to compete. And trust me, they're not taking a goddamn thing away from you. I think, honestly, this is just another question of working together. Mm -hmm. Um, And, like, if we can get past this, if we can see it as literal teamwork. That's right. (laughs) Then, you know, we can accomplish so much more. As opposed to like, I think this is the main problem. This is something growing up Mormon is that a lot of women see resources as a pie. Mm -hmm. And if you get some, then there's less for me. If you get attention, then there's less for me. If you succeed, it's taking something from me. It's a patriarchal mindset. Because they don't want us to take it from them. (laughs) They don't want us to take it from men. So they want us to fight each other. That's right. And I'm like, just wake up, you know, like this pie is limitless and the people who have it are men and the people we should be taking it from are them. That's right. (laughs) Don't fight each other. Fight together. They should give up power. Yes. They have to. They have to. They have to. It's coming and they know it. Oh, they are not happy about it. Um, Okay. So the conversation about the Equal Rights Amendment has kind of shifted over time. Um, and tried to modernize in many ways. Um, have you seen the LGBTQIA conversation about the Equal Rights Amendment change? Do you see it going in different directions? You know, kind of what's your hope for that? I think it has. I think that there are far more um, folks in the queer community overall who are aware of the Equal Rights Amendment and support it. The last two and a half years have seen an incredibly saturated news environment. And the political bandwidth is so small. Right now, LGBTQ people are really focused on getting the Equality Amendment passed, uh, which would enshrine non-discrimination protections for LGBTQ people uh, across in all 50 states. The Equality Act. The Equality Act, that's right. And it passed the House this year in 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 an historic bipartisan vote. And Senator Mitch McConnell refused to take it up on the floor. And then Trump came out against it. And both of them did that because... They felt that religious freedom would be under attack, and that's a bullshit excuse. That's not why. They just want to oppose LGBTQ people. You know, what I would what I would offer to folks who wonder why there are LGBTQ people who are so focused on the Equality Act and not the Equal Rights Amendment is because the Equality Act has a far, far, far better chance of getting passed sooner than the Equal Rights Amendment. Because we can get the Equal Rights Amendment passed, but then we have to reaffirm that the, the, the certain state threshold holds norm, all that, whereas the Equal Rights Amendment just has to get passed by the House, the Senate, and signed by the person in the Oval Office, hopefully a Democrat in 2021. And so that's why we're focused on that, and maybe not as much on the Equal Rights Amendment, but there's still a lot of queer people who demand that the ERA be paid attention to and that it should be passed, and I'm one of them. Um, we can't leave people who are not LGBTQ behind in marginalized communities. We just can't. And that's why that regardless if you um, are an LGBTQ person, if you do not have a uterus, you should be out front fighting for people who do have uteruses. doesn't matter who you are. If you're a cis gay man or a trans woman or a non-binary person without a uterus, we need to be out front with our siblings who can be impregnated and then have the state control their bodies. 
That's our fight. It's a very short hop from controlling the bodies of people who can be exploited and have the reproductive system, uh, reproductive health exploited, to arguing what people should do in their own bedrooms or who they should love or who they should care about. This is a this is a connected fight between all of us, and we need to be good allies in the reproductive rights movement. Um, some people argue that equality already exists. <laughs> um, do they or think that equality I get that a lot from women honestly uh, they say I feel equal white women yes <laughs> almost exclusively almost wealthy white educated women god bless black women I um, Oof. and honestly the people who are taking the equal rights amendment forward in the modern era are black women mm-hmm. in every state where there's a current bill pending a black woman is either the sponsor or the co-sponsor in one of the houses uh, except for Utah, where it's being sponsored by an Asian American woman, and in Arizona, where it's being sponsored by a Native woman. So women of color are literally taking this forward um, in every substantive way, in every state where it's currently pending. Um, but I hear from a lot of white women, I feel equal. Um, some, some I, I'm from Utah, and in Utah, they met with Mitt Romney. Uh, to try to get him to co-sponsor the Senate bill. And he said, my daughters don't care about this. My daughters feel equal. Jesus Christ. Um, So what would you say to someone who says, we already have equality or I already feel equal? I'm not a huge fan of Mike Tyson, but he has this great quote. He says, everyone has a plan until they get in the ring and get punched in the mouth. You never worry about equality until you realize that you are suffering from inequality. I think a lot of conservative women have found out that simply being a white woman in a so-called professional workspace does not protect you from sexual harassment, does not protect you from getting passed over for promotion, uh, and in you know, in lieu of a you know far less qualified, often mediocre man um, with with far less experience, for that matter. Uh, there are so many aspects of oppression that women who are white and tend to be conservative face that they don't realize until they're facing it, or that they deny they will uh, experience it until they actually experience it. I would encourage that to be their wake-up call. <laughs> you know, this this is so common, and yet you've been fed this lie that just because women have the right to vote and we have, you know, was it 20, 22, 23 women in the Senate, 24 maybe, um, that somehow the equal rights movement is over. And it's not. It's not. There's so much work left to be done. Women are still treated like second-class citizens in this country. And you don't have to be a liberal who lives in a northeastern city to experience that on a daily basis. Join us. Join us. In fact, realize that we're not trying to change anything that you want. Like if you, if you want to be, um, an uber religious uh, woman who is a stay at home mother, that is your agency and you should exercise it. We will support that. Many of us do the same damn thing. There are many liberal women who, um, are stay at home mothers or, uh, decide that they want to be a homemaker instead of pursue a career. We're using our agency at the same time. Don't believe this lie that this is a cultural war. It's not. It is a war between those who believe that women are equal human beings who deserve equal rights and those who clearly do not believe that. 
Um, you touched on a few religious themes, and I know that you're a person of faith um, mm -hmm. or identify as a person of faith, as do I. What, what I believe in, I don't know exactly. Um, women, basically, is my, <laughs> my theology. I like it. Um, it's a great religion app. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, women, the, the theology of the divine female. Right. Um, in all her plenitude and forms. <laughs> um, but I feel like a lot of conservative people feel like the Equal Rights Amendment is an attack on their religious beliefs or their freedom or potentially going to make them do something they don't want to do. Um, and I know you, y'all get the same argument for almost every LGBTQ oh, yeah. policy. Um, what would you say as a person of faith to people of faith about the courts? It's really simple. There is this, there's this old saying, uh, that when you are used to privilege, equality feels like oppression. You look at all of these, uh, and it's actually not a lot, but you look at many of these businesses who will refuse to serve gay, uh, LGBTQ people, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer people, and you ask them, so you never refuse to serve a person of a different race? Like, no, of course not. That would be illegal, and that would be wrong because I'm not a racist, and you know, often they do share racist sentiments, but that's another conversation. Um, and you point out that, so you believe gay is being, being a gay's choice. And, you know, we've gotten far enough where many of them will be like, well, look, I, you know, I don't believe that being gay is a choice. I just don't think I have to affirm that lifestyle. Like, let me get this straight. You think that it is entirely fine to, uh, you think it's entirely fine that we should, um, welcome people of different races into a business and you're right about that because none of these are uh, things that we choose. They're immutable characteristics. But you think that the immutable characteristic of sexual orientation or gender identity should be denied service. You know what the Bible says about people of different races? What it says about so-called miscegenation, um, how completely goddamn racist some things are in the Bible. Why do you think it is that we look at that, we look at that as, as many people of faith look at that and reject it in favor of what Christ taught, which is to love another as you love yourself? You know, God made me the way I am, um, perfectly and beautifully, and she did a great job. And there is not a day that goes by that uh, I am not thankful for that. And there's not a Sunday that goes by that I don't go to church and... I don't listen to my my, les my lesbian reverend uh, talk about you know the fact that we need to love one another and to affirm each other regardless of our backgrounds. The Equal Rights Amendment, I would say, is probably the most Christian of any legislative initiative in the history of this country. It's saying that universally all genders should be protected. All genders should be affirmed. All genders should face no discrimination in the public square. If you're a Christian, I can't imagine why you wouldn't support the Equal Rights Amendment. That's Christ talking through legislation, in my humble opinion. Amen. Amen. <laughs> and hallelujah. <laughs> and shout out to all of our, you know, uh, folks of other religions, uh, you know, Judaism, um, you know, Islam, Hinduism. You know, these are all folks who deserve to have the voices heard in the public square. And, you know, I just want to make sure that we're not pushing the ridiculous belief that Christians get to direct legislation. We're just pointing out the hypocrisy that 
Christians who claim to love others but deny equal rights to others are not being Christ-like. One follow-up question um, about what you said earlier about the Equality Act. Because I feel like people are getting those confused. Mm. Um, like even Jonathan Van Ness, God bless him, did a, oh. a podcast about the Equality Act yeah. and then kind of got it confused with the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah, it's easy to get confused. Um, yeah. And so it's like, what? Okay, wait, when, one is legislation, one is an amendment. What's the difference? What does it cover? Right. Um, so for you, like, what is the difference? And also, how do they work together? Sure. Why would we need both? So... We need both because there are women who are not LGBTQ and there are LGBTQ people who are, are not women. Um, the Equality Act is specifically geared toward protecting people against all forms of discrimination on the basis of gender identity and sexual orientation, but not sex itself, right? Um, now, it can include sex, um, but it's not only sex. It's everything covered under the sex discrimination interpretation of Title VII of the uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act. Um, so it's saying that if you are an LGBTQ person, you cannot be discriminated against in any form uh, in the United States. The Equal Rights Amendment is different. It says that you are protected on the basis of gender. So all genders are protected um, and uh, all uh, sexes are protected. So the what you were assigned at birth and how you express yourself in the public square, uh, these two are overlapping with the uh, with the uh, uh, Equality Act, but it's not the same thing. So we need to pass the Equality Act, but we also need to ensure that we get the ERA passed and ratified, for God's sake, because it, they, that is going to take a, a longer process. It's going to be a big lift, but it's worth it because there is no reason that a woman should get to the Supreme Court with a discrimination case and have a justice tell them, you know what, I'm sorry, but the, <laughs> the body you've been given at birth um, in which you are affirmed and aligned with biology and God and whatever else is not protected by the Constitution. How is that possible? How is that possible that having a penis somehow gives you more rights under the Constitution than not having a penis? So we have to fight against that, and we have to fight against the just unconscionably bad faith arguments that are made toward both these legislative efforts. And something that I tell people is uh, that we talk a lot about Clause 1 in the Equal Rights Amendment, uh, and that it will help us get strict scrutiny, but there's also Clause 2, which you read, which is that Congress can pass laws to yeah, enforce right. the Equal Rights Amendment. Yeah. So we will have an entirely new base... Mm -hmm. upon which to build the equality scaffolding. It doesn't have to do with, uh, it doesn't have to touch the Commerce Clause. It doesn't have to, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an entirely new hook in the Constitution that we can use with Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ayanna Presley and all these other people can use coming into Congress mm -hmm. to build a new future. And we don't have that way yet. Like, we don't, it doesn't exist. And by the way, theoretically, and I I. I am not at all saying this would happen, but any bill you pass in Congress uh, that is a simple bill can technically be overturned by the Supreme Court. A constitutional amendment cannot be overturned by the Supreme Court. If we pass the Equal Rights Amendment, it cannot be challenged to the Supreme Court. And if it is, they'll say that's, that, that is the purest form of democracy, uh, that is a law now enshrined in our founding document. 
And that's it. Sorry. Doesn't matter if you know Chief Justice John Roberts disagrees with it or believe that women should get abortions. It doesn't fucking matter. The Equal Rights Amendment, when it is in the Constitution, is untouchable. Until, unless, of course, it were to be uh, overturned by another constitutional amendment, which like prohibition, happen. like prohibition, right? <laughs> but that's the only way. It's the only way, and it's fucking hard. Yes, it is really, really hard. It's taken us forty years to even get this far, so <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's what I say. I'm like, right now, we're in a bad spot with mm-hmm. the the Supreme Court. We're in a bad spot. We're gonna be in a bad spot for a long, long time. Uh, you know, Kavanaugh is young, <laughs> uh, but what we can do is change the document they interpret and that they don't have power over. They have no power over that. And by the way, I'm not convinced that we are screwed with the Supreme court. I'm mm-hmm. not convinced that we can't impeach and remove wow. Kavanaugh, yeah. that we can't add more seats to the Supreme court, especially given the, inc- you know, incredibly unethical manner in which not only Kavanaugh was confirmed, but I would say also Gorsuch and then by a, you know, a, a, a political arbiter, uh, Donald Trump, who was elected through treasonous and deeply unethical means. I mean, I don't know why we can't make that argument to the American people to pack Supreme Court. In fact, you know, Pete Buttigieg and a couple other candidates have, uh, have offered things along those lines. So we should pursue that as an option. Yeah. And we need some more RPGs. Okay, so we talked a little bit about uh, what will come next um, or what we can use the Equal Rights Amendment for. Um, so what do you see or what do you envision or have you thought about, you know, what we can do with it? What can we make out of the Equal Rights Amendment? Oh, my God. Make it so that um, salaries are public. Right at the bat, House, House and Senate pass a bill saying that um, to a reasonable extent, Salary should be publicly held accountable so that women will no longer be at a monetary disadvantage in the workplace, getting paid unequally for equal work, right? Uh, we can do things like stop the United States from still being one of three countries in the world that doesn't have mandated paternal and maternal leave. Sri Lanka and I think Papua New Guinea are the only two countries, only other two countries that don't have mandated paid maternal and paternal leave for new parents. And we're the only industrialized country that doesn't, and the richest country in the world for that matter. That's another thing. Um, We can make it so that, uh, you know, especially women who are subjected to horrific uh, violence uh, of all types, physical and sexual, uh, receive a new layer of protections, whether they be on college campuses or in the military or in the workplace uh, or any, anywhere else in the public square. There are so many pieces of legislation that can be pushed with the backing of the Equal Rights Amendment, which cannot be argued against, right? Because you can't at that point. You have, you have the Constitution saying that uh, sex is a strict scrutiny class, and therefore you know, uh, women especially will have just myriad ways in which they can uh, be protected under, under the law with the backing of legislators that uh, share that common sense belief that all people are created equal regardless of gender and sex. One thing they've done in other countries that have gender provisions in their constitution is quotas. Uh, oh, yeah. Quotas on the ballot, quotas in, in, in particular Rwanda. chambers. Yeah. Uh, 
France and Germany have quotas, um, party quotas. And so, yeah, that's another thing that people have done uh, with an equal rights amendment. So why not make it that way where, you know, at least I think. And what is it? The European Union passed some kind of resolution a few years ago mandating that any corporation Mm -hmm. in Europe has to have, what is it, 20% or 40%? I forget, but it was a significant percentage of board seats have to be women. And California just passed a law that at least one on every company. Oh, yeah. They cannot have an all-male panel, basically. (laughs) I I, I adore her. She's wonderful. (laughs) Um, Okay, so final question is more a personal question. Um, Why are you engaged in the fight for the Equal Rights Amendment? What does the ERA mean to you? I have been engaged in the equal rights movement for a long time, um, way before I came out of the closet, because I felt that women are treated as second-class citizens in this country, and we need to put a stop to that. And it is simply unconscionable that half of our country is subjected to horrible inequality, and we just kind of let it happen. Those in power just see that women are underpaid, uh, uh, you know, sexually assaulted, raped, discriminated against, um, don't have access to, um, you know, good childcare, don't have access to uh, the necessary healthcare, not just abortion care, but healthcare in general, in which women are subjected to terrible biases about the pain they experience or certain procedures that they need and uh, are condescended to. I mean, all of these things, there, there's so many strands here that go back to ensuring that we have a legal framework that ensures women are protected by laws and by legislatures or legislators who support those laws. Um, when I came out of the closet and you know started presenting as a woman and started experiencing things that I had not experienced before, especially in regards to discrimination and sometimes violence, unfortunately, um, it became very personal for me as a right of survival. The Equal Rights Amendment is ensuring that someone like me, um, not just a woman, but specifically a trans person, will have those protections under the law and not be just exposed to violence and discrimination that is so pervasive for not only the LGBTQ community, but specifically trans people and more specifically trans women and non-binary people. Um, So the ERA is not just about ensuring half the population is protected against these horrible, horrible aspects of our society, but also ensuring that smaller marginalized communities, especially LGBTQ people, especially trans people, receive those same protections. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of Ordinary Equality. Ordinary Equality is a Wonder Media Network production, edited and produced by Liz Smith, executive produced by Jenny Kaplan, with support from Edie Allard and Louisa Garbowit. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Wardell. To follow along with our journey, find us on Twitter at Ord Equality, O-R-D Equality. If you like our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Wonder Media Network is a woman-led podcasting company dedicated to lifting up underrepresented voices based in New York City.